Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Good, everybody. Welcome to The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. He is RJ Ochoa, proud papa. RJ Ochoa, what is up, RJ? Great to be with you, Stats. Thank you very much. Um, very happy times, obviously, in the Ochoa household. Uh, baby boy, uh, Roel Ochoa III. Uh, a lot of people on the internet calling him RO3. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, doesn't have the same... You know, same sound as uh, as as others uh, that that have done that. Um, but but we're very excited uh, next year. Check this out, stats. I, I'm if you allow me to jump on my soapbox for a bit. This is the busiest week of my year. That's not an exaggeration because the Dallas Cowboys play on Thanksgiving Day, and unlike everybody else that gets to after their short week, kind of immediately shift back and get the mini buy. The Dallas Cowboys play seven days later on Thursday Night Football after. We're well used to it, obviously, uh, but it throws things out of whack. You know, your schedule's off. Things that happen on Mondays and Tuesdays are happening on Fridays and Saturdays. And so it's always a grind to get through this point. My son, in all his Cowboys fandom, decides to be born right in the eye of the storm for all of this. So now I'm dealing with him, dealing with my wife, dealing with all the people who just want to, you know, call and text and congratulate us, you know, all these jerks around here. Um, and so, uh, you know, trying to, you know, manage my own expectations of the Cowboys who embarrassed me. You know, I told my son, guess what, son? You get to watch the Dallas Cowboys your first full day on this earth. And they just lay an egg, lay a stinker. So I have promised him that they will uh, come out and support, you know, the cause on Thursday night against the New Orleans Saints. But um, it's a great time. Nonetheless, I don't remember what it's like to properly sleep. Um, I feel a sense of danger all around me. Everything in, in the world is dangerous now, Stats, through, through the prism of fatherhood. Uh, so uh, it's great to be with you. And a huge thanks to you and to Kate Majuk for stepping in on Monday Football Monday. Uh, means a lot. Love you guys. We love you too. It's funny to me that you think that you're experiencing a lack of sleep now. Just <laughs> buckle up, buddy. Let me tell you, you will reach a zombiehood at some point. So just get ready for that. Um, before we get started, I want to remind everybody we're brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code SBNNFL for a special, special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, stats, we do also want to remind everybody to subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show wherever they get, they get their podcasts. Leave a rating, write a review. Those things make us happy. And this time of year, stats, because, you know, we're, we're, we're getting there. It's final month. I've always said, by the way, if you're, you know, if you're in high school and, and you're into this kind of stuff, get, get a significant other right now because it's easy to remember your anniversaries. Your one-month anniversary, first month of the year. 
two month anniversary, second month of the year. Boom. I'm a genius. But because we are counting down the final days of 2021 stats, Spotify is allowing their listeners to share their most listened to things for you on the music side. It would be Taylor Swift's relaunched Red (laughs) album. Uh, But on the podcast side of things, people are letting, you know, people know what you know, shows and podcasts I listen to the most throughout the 2021 year, at least the first 11 months of it. And we're starting to get some tweets trickle in. So if you have listened to the SB Nation NFL show, let us know any of us on Twitter. Uh, Kyle Posey's on Twitter at KP underscore show. Stats is on Twitter at Stats on Fire. BLG at Brandon Gowden. Pete is at PG Sween. Um, I'm on Twitter at RJ Ochoa. Stats, you, myself, and BLG did get a tweet from NB. Shout out to him on Twitter at N. The number eight, N-A-G-L-E. I don't know um, what the phonetic pronunciation of this is, but it says, thanks, Brandon, RJ, Stats, and the rest of the Espionation NFL show for providing me 5,933 minutes of enjoyment. We were N8's top podcast in 2021. Stats, what have you ever spent 5,933 minutes doing consecutively? Besides breathing, waiting for you to stop talking so I could get uh, a word in on this podcast. Nice. Uh, no, I, I, that's not a small thing to me. Like that is a big deal. Every minute you spend listening to us is a minute you can't spend doing something else. So the fact that we won that competition means a lot, and we're going to hopefully keep winning it in the future. Let's do that, RJ. Let's do it right now by taking our deep dives. If you are new to the show, we take deep dives into the biggest games of the week. We hit every other game in the lightning round. Our first deep dive takes us to Cincinnati, of all places, where I did not think we would be going coming into this season. But the Chargers are going to Cincinnati. The Bengals are favored by three points in this one. And I feel like just these are two teams just in different places right now. The Bengals are coming off a destruction of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Chargers got handled in Denver by the Broncos pretty much. And I'm I'm just down on the chargers i was so high on them coming into the year and i just have to accept now that they're just not it yeah i have one lvp point actually two lvp points to hand out today and they are to you and to blg for (laughs) believing in the chargers uh as much as you did because they're not quite fraudulent but they are not the stout force that you know you two incorrectly thought they would be they did lose to my dallas cowboys by the way on the subject of the denver broncos not a spoiler alert for the rest of this show but I will issue a statement on what the Denver Broncos did uh, when we get to their game stats. But, um, you know, you say they're in two different places, and I think you're you're correct in a literal sense, but you could say that every week, almost about both of these teams, right? Like, there's such a, a yin and yang, you know, type of tempo on both sides here. Is Cincinnati going to be the team that loses the Jets? Are they going to be the team that responds with a heavy win against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers? By the way, sweeping the Steelers for the first time since do you know when? 1979. Wrong. You're actually very close, and you actually look like um, like Sam Weish, by the way, just kind of the way you're dressed <laughs> today. Uh, it was 1989, so not too far off, but um, I, I still believe in the Chargers more. I just think that they are weird, right? And so they, you know, I'm willing to give them a weird loss last week. I Like, I think Cincinnati's lows are lower than the Chargers' lows. The Chargers' lows only feel as low as they do because their highs are so high, and that's the thing. I feel like the Chargers' highs are higher. So I, I think both their ceiling and their floor are higher than what Cincinnati's able to do. And so I I lean LA here. This this is a I mean, I I I don't want to be dramatic. This is a seismic game for the AFC. Like there there will be a massive ripple effect in terms of seeding, in terms of a potential division, maybe two potential division winners, you know, or two, you know, 
this this is going to go a long way at deciding both who wins the AFC West and the AFC North. It's going to be so much fun, but I just feel like, and I can't believe I'm saying this, I feel like the Bengals kind of have things figured out a little bit more right now. You know, the Chargers, they've lost four of their last six. I feel like they just don't quite have it together yet. It reminds me of like you get out of school or whatever, you find yourself a really good job, you're making good money, but your apartment still has a deck chair and a lava lamp in it. Like you're just not quite adulting. And I just, the Chargers, that's where they are right now. Maybe we were a year too early on them. I don't know. But then I look at Cincinnati. You got Joe Burrow talking about, hey, I fell in love with the deep pass early in the season. Now I'm starting to recognize and learn to take the check down and live for another day. You look at their offense and they have figured out that everything needs to run through Joe Mixon. Over the last two weeks, he has 58 carries. That leads the league and 288 yards. He had a career high in yards last week. I just feel like Cincinnati knows now how they have to win. They have found their formula. And with the Chargers, it's just like, well, hopefully Justin Herbert can do some crazy stuff. First of all, kudos to you, Stats, getting a great job right out of college. Uh, second of all, a lava lamp? Did did you go to college in 1979? Um, I had but- a lava lamp in my room, not my dorm room, but in my room growing up as a kid. Yeah, but I mean, you're, the analogy you used was like getting out of college. Did you have a lava lamp in your first apartment out of school? No, it broke. Do you, have a de- do you have a deck chair? Yes. Okay. So only a partial liar you are uh, this particular day. Um, but um, so here's the thing, dude. Like, I mean, if if we look at at Cincinnati's last four games and the bye week is sandwiched in there, four opponents. Okay, who, you tell me of these four teams, who who are the weaker two teams? The Jets, the Browns, the Raiders, and the Steelers. Just who are the two weaker teams? The Jets and. The Browns. Those are their two losses. <laughs> you know what I mean? Of, of their last four games. They beat the Raiders and the Steelers. So it's so hard to know who the Bengals are. And they lost those two games back to back, just like they beat the Raiders and the Steelers back to back. And so I I really that that to me is maybe not more trustworthy or more untrustworthy, but certainly at least at the very bit, you know, just as untrustworthy as what the Chargers have been. And so like in a sense, like the untrustworthiness kind of makes everything a push. And in that sense, I will always lean with the better quarterback. And that's Justin Herbert here. And so I also, I'm, I'm not as high as on Brandon Staley as you have been this year, but I think he's a better coach than Zach Taylor. I still don't buy Zach Taylor, so I will lean with the better head coach. It's a better quarterback. I'll take the Chargers. I think I got to go Cincinnati in this one. Loser. Wrong. I feel like they can beat you. If they need to grind it out and win a low-scoring game, they can do it with Joe Mixon. If they need to chuck the ball all around the yard, they can do it with Burrow and Chase and Higgins and some of the playmakers they have there. With the Chargers, I feel like they're not going to beat you on the ground. Like Austin Eckler is a great receiver out of the backfield. He's not really a traditional type of running back. I don't know that they can win that kind of a low-scoring, grinded-out game. So I think I'm going to go Cincinnati. I don't know if they cover the three, but I think the Bengals are going to win the game. I think you're wrong. I do think stats, as it is the season of giving, I think we should, anytime we have a disagreement you know, on a game, We'll mark it down. And at the end of the month, we'll make a donation to something. You know, whoever is wrong, you know, whatever, we'll figure some 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 sort of thing out. I think that, you know, this is a, a, a wonderful holiday time of year. How do you how do you feel about this? I'm always down to do anything sort of charitable during the holidays. Uh, so yeah, that's fine. I have no problem beating your ass and then making you donate to somebody. 
Okay, well, we'll figure out the particulars <laughs> as far as the donation. But for the month of December, because uh, we have, you know, all you know football games throughout it, anytime stats and I disagree, whoever loses is, you know, one point in that direction. We'll figure out the increments of things as, as we move along. But so I've got the bang or the Chargers. You have the Bengals. Are we going straight up or are we going against the spread? I think we have to go against the spread. Shout out to our partners at DraftKings Sportsbook. So three all points right. here. You're taking Cincinnati not to cover is that correct so i'll take the chargers and the points but i think that cincinnati's gonna well, that's win that's boring because i think the chargers are gonna win okay so then how about this in certain instances it has to be straight up because we we have to have some level of disagreement you think the Bengals are gonna win i think the chargers are gonna win that's a level of disagreement if the spread is something we disagree on we'll get there obviously Got we it. agree on the spread but this particular game it's even yes all right okay that is our deep dive, number one. Number two takes us to Pittsburgh, where the Ravens come to town. The Steelers are getting four points in this one, RJ. This is the 30th matchup between Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh in this series. Tomlin is 15 and 14 against John Harbaugh. Do you know that there are only two sets of coaches that have met each other more than John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin? Can I guess them? You can try. Um... Tom Landry. No. Um, okay. Um, Mike Ditka. No. Mike Holmgren. No. Uh, man, I'm having trouble. Joe Gibbs. Is Joe Gibbs involved? No. You're never going to get it. It's George Hallis and Curly Lambeau is oh, one. So I had to cheat. That's stupid. And then Curly Lambeau and Steve Owen. Again. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Sam Weich. I was really hoping that that was going to be the case based on how you dressed it. Um, wow, I'm just sucks. wearing a quarter zip. Like, it's really not anything that incredible. No, nah, it's it, the the vibe you got going on is really Sam Weich. Give us give us a like, this isn't Cleveland. Come on, do it. No. Well, you suck. <laughs> anyway, um, you know what I think um, along these lines? And you can tell me if you you think I'm wrong. So people love to talk about like great foils, right? You've got uh, Peyton Brady, you've got, you know, bird magic. You've got, you know, now Tomlin Harbaugh, put them on Broadway, make a Broadway show out of this. You know, this is, per and like, you know how sometimes they line up, like they, people love to give us like Brady Manning and the career statistics. And it's really sad because it's just like Tom Brady dominating him more often than not. This is like super duper even. Like you even mentioned the wins and losses. They both have one Super Bowl win. Like they are the only thing that annually delivers. Like sometimes yeah. the games we want, the rivalries we want, whatever, don't deliver. But Ravens, Steelers, both games are always these like slog fests. Like if someone, everyone's going to get dirty. Like, you know, the Bengals think that they're like part of this. Like, ooh, we have some contentious games against the Steelers. No, you don't. No. This is this division belongs to Baltimore and Pittsburgh. This rivalry was just a grinded out bloodbath between these two teams. There was a point a few years ago where not only was the record basically even, but the points scored by each team was like separated right. by like one or two points. That's how even it was. And that's really what you need for a great rivalry. Like people keep talking about the Niners and the Seahawks rivalry. It's not a rivalry. The Seahawks kick the crap out of the 49ers more often than not. This Ravens Steelers is a rivalry, RJ. And both teams are coming in with problems. You know, Lamar Jackson, by his own admission, looked like a rookie last week throwing four picks. The Steelers have all sorts of problems. Chase Claypool is saying they need to play music during practice. Mike Tomlin is telling him to shut the hell up, essentially. <laughs> You've got former Steelers 
calling out the team for not being physical enough. And then Mike Tomlin says, yes, they're right. Like two teams right now that have just a lot of stuff that you don't like going on at a critical point in the season. I love it. I love all of this. I mean, like I'm saying, like, you know, we could go on and on and on. I mean, as far as like who they've been, how they've been, how they're identical, both have Hall of Fame safeties, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like they've just <laughs> always kind of been this like blend of one another um, to the point that like there are almost no other teams except for these two that if their former players said they weren't being physical enough, I would I would roll my eyes at every other team except for these two. But these two want to come out. And I think there's also something to the fact that, like, Tomlin and Harbaugh are even, like, similar in age. You know, like you mentioned, you know, Carly Lambert. Like, they're not old. You know what I mean? They're, they're still really young head coaches, which is amazing given the rivalry and all this stuff. Um, it, it, you know, I, I don't want to, like, spoil anything, but – like I talked about Chargers Bengals, like you mentioned, like they're, these teams are both dealing with bad situations. I will always lean the better quarterback. I don't know who the better coach is. Like it's a push. Like honestly, it is. But I will lean the better quarterback. I know Lamar Jackson had a rough game last week, but I, I mean, he with his eyes closed, throwing left-handed, is better <laughs> than Ben Roethlisberger this year. And Ben, to his credit somehow survived most of the month of November and helped the Steelers get into playoff positioning. But again, all credit to Mike Tomlin. But we saw last week, like we've seen several times this year, how trapped the offense is by him. And so I will lean Lamar. I think it's it's a tough sort of grounded out game again, but I, I think he's the difference. I, th I don't think that the Pittsburgh has anything offensively to match what he's capable of doing. How he responds in this one is like the main thing I am looking at. Like he was awful hideously bad last week. Now he's got to play a division rival, a team that he's thrown more interceptions against than touchdowns in his career. They've got multiple teams breathing down their neck to try and get the number one seed in the AFC. You know, I'm not going to say that like people figured Lamar out. Cause I always thought that was ridiculous, but, uh, but I, you, you and BLG have hated on him. Like that's, I thing. just want to shout out to me. Shout out to Baltimore Beatdown for, for giving us a shout out on Twitter, by the way, but you guys, you don't have to give love to the podcast. They hate Lamar. It's not hate, but I want to see how he responds. To me, it'll go a long way for where I put him in sort of the quarterback hierarchy. If he can come out in this one and dominate with everything going on against a division rival, like I said, I want to see Lamar come out and play well because I like Lamar Jackson, contrary to the slander that you keep repeating. <laughs> I like Lamar, so let's see it. Um. I don't believe you that you like Lamar, but whatever. I will take the Ravens. Are we simpatico on this? I mean, we, we both we both think they win, both think they cover. Four. Man, I would feel Yeah, I guess so. I guess okay. we're on the same page. Okay. Um, congratulations. That's the other thing too. Like, this is a bigger bigger game for the Ravens, I think. Like there's there's more at stake for the Steelers, but like a Ravens win helps further cement their likelihood of the number one seed in the AFC. And it like it doesn't end the Steelers, but it it really weakens them. You know what I mean? Like it's it's the equivalent of like cutting off Jamie Lannister's hand. Like that's what this game is for, for the Steelers if they lose, especially losing to the Ravens in, in this particular moment where they have to come out and, and and respond because it's December, baby. I mean, these these are the big time football games. That's impressive because it looks like Ben Roethlisberger has been throwing left-handed for much of this year. So I think I it like was his left hand that got cut off, by the way. Was, was it? it not? I, I really don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, let's take a break. We still have two more deep dives to do, RJ, and we are going to do something on today's show that we have never done in the history of the look-ahead.
back here on the look ahead, still taking our deep dives into some of week 13 games. Our next one takes us to Sunday night football, the game that was flexed into Sunday night as my 49ers were given the boot. Second year in a row. In Kansas City, that's true. Chiefs are giving nine and a half points in this one. I totally get it, RJ. Denver has lost 11 straight games against the Chiefs. There are only two members of the Denver Broncos right now that have ever beaten the Kansas City Chiefs in their career. Do you have their names, by the way? It is Mike Purcell. And and Brandon McManus. Is that the other one? Yes. Okay. I was I would have never gotten Mike Purcell, but I would have obviously gotten Brandon McManus. Um I I feel like now's the time stats. I, I teased this myself at the beginning. Vic Fangio. This is RJ Ochoa. My boy Robbie G cowering behind me, afraid of you. Um I am sorry. I, I have spent all of this season calling you frauds. Now I maintain that you have fraudulent tendencies, <laughs> but you are clearly not the outright frauds that I thought you were. Um, you are a lovable fraud in a weird way. You're kind of the Leonard Hofstetler of this particular, you know, group. Nobody likes the Big Bang Theory, but you're the most likable one of the group. That's who you are to me, Denver Broncos. Um, <laughs> First of all, that's not an apology. You can't apologize for calling someone a fraud and then still call them a fraud. Second of all, it's Leonard Hofstetter, not Hofstetler. He's not a backup quarterback for the New York Giants in the Whatever. 1980s. My mind is football focused, so it's, <laughs> it's fine. Um, I may have butchered the apology, but my point here is, the Broncos are clearly better than at least I thought. I still no, don't think they're, they're very not. good. No, Dude, they're that, not. You would never be saying that if they didn't whoop up on your Dallas Cowboys. But now they beat the Cowboys, so now you're like, oh, they must be good. That win has no level of impressiveness to me. But <laughs> I, I thought they were going to be left for dead after last week's game against the Chargers. I thought that was the final nail in their coffin to really completely expose them as frauds to the world. The fact that they responded that way and took down the Chargers who were coming off that super impressive win on Sunday Night Football, that, there's a heartbeat there is really my point. You know, like, it, they're willing to go down swinging, and I respect that. Like, they're still frauds, but, you know, they, they've, they've got something that I can respect. Now, that being said, uh, I'm very interested to see this Kansas City team because it will be the first time since they played my Dallas Cowboys. That game feels like forever ago. I don't know if yeah. you agree with that, by the way. But I and they were not that great in that game. Like, and not, not not to just call everybody frauds here, but like I did not think Kansas City really outplayed Dallas. I mean, the Cowboys lost. Kansas City's defense certainly looked much better, and obviously they're they're not on pace to be the worst defense of all time. Like they were way back in the early days of the season. <laughs> Congratulations. But, but yeah, but their their offense was so stagnant against the Cowboys. At one point, stats. They went five straight possessions without scoring any points. The mighty Kansas City Chiefs. And something that I correctly predicted was that in the aftermath of a Chiefs win over the Cowboys, it was going to be nothing but the Chiefs are back. Chiefs are on top. Here they come. Chiefs are readying for their third straight run back to the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. And I just don't know that I see that. Might they be a playoff team? Sure. But I don't know that I think they're going to beat the Broncos. I will tell you now, I will take Denver to cover nine points. Is that what, what we're at? Nine here? and a half. I will take Denver to cover. I, I'm undecided on whether or not I think they're going to win, but I think they will keep this much closer than the average Kansas Cityan thinks. You are right that the Chiefs offense has not been great. They've scored 20 or fewer points in four of their last five games. This is my thing with the Chiefs, and you said it when you called them the mighty Chiefs, right? They need to get over that. Just stop trying to like look right 
and, mm. and get back. Forget that. This is a pass-fail business in the NFL. The goal is to win. You don't get any extra points for looking pretty. Like, forget all that. You don't need to throw that extra burden on top of yourself. Like, it's hard enough to win at the level the Chiefs have won at for this many years in a row. If you win 19-13, that's just as good as winning 59-13. Stop trying to chase these ghosts of the past when it's just unnecessary. I think that's really, really, really well said. Um like it, they do feel people say this a lot, but they do feel very like Madden led in that they're like, well, we got to get Mahomes his 300 yards, got to get Kelsey right. his, his his 100 yards, got to get Tyreek his 100 yards, got to get Honey Badger his interception. You know, like we, we have like a checklist of things. We got to get Andy Reid, you know, another win. And and the, I know you're talking about wins and losses, but we, we got to get we got to further solidify Andy Reid's legacy as, as this great coach for two different teams. We got we got to improve the, the you know, decibel level at Arrowhead, you know, like there right. are all these like ancillary details that just are not important. And I agree with you. And and everybody loves every year to talk about Andy Reid after the bye, Andy Reid after the bye, Andy Reid after the bye. I, I I probably, if I have to pick who wins, I'm I'm probably going to lean Kansas City. But I, I was really impressed by Denver last week. Not to the point that, like, I'm willing to crown the Broncos. But, again, they they have some level of fight. And and the way they beat the Chargers, to me, is super impressive. I mean, we, we still have not seen Kansas City look stout. We've seen them pass, you know, in the pass-fail proposition that you mentioned. But I don't know that they can pass this particular pass-fail. So I will take Denver as far as the points are concerned. Do you disagree with that? You know, do you? Do you want to go anywhere here? I I don't know that the Chiefs cover, but I'm taking them to win. By the way, you mentioned it, so I have to just do this. Otherwise, my brain is not going to let me move on. Andy Reid is 19-3 and three in his career off a of bye, 7-3 and three in the playoffs, 10-4 and four with the Chiefs, and 7-1 and one with Patrick Mahomes. Oh, by the way, Denver is 3-16 and 16 in the month of December at Arrowhead. So I feel pretty confident that the Chiefs are going to continue that streak. I don't know that they necessarily will cover the spread. That's a lot, but I'll take Kansas City, and I feel good about it. Okay, so we'll all take Chiefs to win. Both take Denver to cover. No disagreement here. Our last deep dive, RJ. I mentioned it before we went to break, something that we have never done in the history of the look-ahead. We are going to talk about the Monday Night Football game. Normally, we don't. We leave that for Monday, Football Monday, but it's a big game this week. Patriots, Bills, Bills giving three points. AFC East is hanging in the balance. We know that these teams are going to see each other twice in the next three weeks. This is like an old school AFC East battle here. Is it uh, <laughs> like, what, like what, when was, what was the last Patriots bills game that held this much significance? Uh, when lawyer Malloy was cut by the Patriots and went to the bills in week one. Okay. And then fine. the bills whooped them. Okay. But my point is like, this isn't old school. It's exciting. Like, don't get me wrong. And I'm really looking forward to it. But this isn't this, like, return of the rivalry. You know what I mean? Like, shout out to Chris Ballard, who thinks there's another rivalry involving New England when there really isn't. But, like, th- this isn't that. You know, it's it's a great football game. It's a great divisional game. And, man, you want to talk about frauds? We are going to figure out who the Buffalo Bills are. That's what I'm super excited about when it comes to this game. I am I'm, – I'm loving the Patriots run this, this year. I mean, it is so – fascinating and interesting it's a great like you know just focus group study of who bill belichick is and i cannot wait for the take in the offseason stats that like let's say the patriots lose in the division around it says you know bill belichick losing in the division around was more impressive than tom brady <laughs> winning the super bowl with the buccaneers oh, <laughs> i mean because like that's coming don't you know just you could say you're watched by it but 
I I really I I don't believe in the Bills. I think the Bills beat a terrible New Orleans Saints team that hopefully the Dallas Cowboys take care of tonight. Um, but man, their lows have been really, really, really low. And I I think this is a unique thing. Like we talk, we've talked about like these interesting connections, like Andy Reid in the bye, Ravens Steelers. I don't I don't know how any member of the Bills isn't like thinking, what if we lose? Like, like what, what if we, what if we lose? It's so like this is the page, you know. Like I, th- th- this they are in their head. The Patriots are in the Bills' head, rightfully so. But like you know, how many how many members of the Mafia stats last year were like the division's ours now. We run this for the next decade, and so like every person associated with them, all the the fantastic people at Buffalo Rumblings have to be thinking like, oh my gosh, that's not the case. <laughs> like that, no, this this is a terrifying proposition. I don't think so, because it can still be, right? They're going to face New England twice in the next four weeks. I'm sorry, I said three weeks. It's twice in the next four weeks. And so they could still beat them twice. And then guess what? It still is your division. And then you're saying, ha, you came knocking on our door and we smacked you down because this is our division. We got the best quarterback now and we're going to keep beating you. It's such a prove it game for both sides, which is why it's going to be so much fun. I will take New England. Uh, to win and obviously to cover. I don't know if you want to disagree with that. I'm not betting against them. Not while they're hot. Not while Mac Jones is the reigning rookie of the month. Shout out to him <laughs> on the offensive side of the ball. Michael Parsons on the defensive. Yay. Hey, I mean, you know, let's go. You want to take the Bills stats? You believe? I just want to see who this Buffalo team is. And you said it. Like, we're going to find out. They go, they got to play, obviously, New England this week. Then they go to Tampa Bay to take on Tom Brady and the Patriots. Then they play Carolina, and then they are in New England. That's the next four games for the Bills. So we'll find out exactly who they are. I don't think this run by New England has been as impressive as people have made it out to be. I mean, they beat the Jets, the Chargers, the Panthers, the Browns, the Falcons, and the Titans. Okay, they won every game. That's great. But like, I'm not saying that New England is a juggernaut right now. So that's what I mean. It's a prove-it game on both sides. I just think the vibes are bad for the Bills. Because think about this. If you're the Bills, you lose this game. You drop to 6-6. Six and six. Oh, my gosh. Now we're at 500. And then who's coming for you? Big Daddy Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Like, And that's the nail in your coffin. You know what I mean? That's the, like, oh, my gosh. Oh, no, not 6-6. Six and six. I don't know why I said 6-6. Six and six. Uh, But you know what I'm saying? Like, that th- this could be they might they could lose three of these next four if they lose they today or if they lose on monday night not today if they lose on monday night they are losing three of their next four i'm willing to go on record with that because if wow. they lose if they lose to the bills they are certainly going to lose to the buccaneers and then it's really in their head and then they'll come back it'll be sean mcdermott going back to carolina because that's all the panthers are good for these days it's just reunion <laughs> stories <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and uh and then they'll lose again to the bill or to the patriots you know like that's that's where they're at so i will take the patriots i feel very confident about it i i think i'm gonna go buffalo in this one i to I'm win not... or to cover or both both why what Whoa. the hell let's go for it you know okay, you giving me the points that... Even if, you know, Belichick comes out with a great game plan, I have seen Josh Allen wreck great game plans before just through his sheer athleticism. I'm going to, you know, let's see it a little bit if you're New England. Let's see it. I'm going to go with Buffalo. I will take the Bills. Bills Mafia is with me. They're going to put you through a table. Mm. I wouldn't mind that. Like, I feel like it's a, you know, it's a, that's a nice thing. They, they would put you through the table. You know what I mean? If that's if you're, true. Yeah. You know, like, a, like if you, if they're, if they win and you're correct, like that's the, the result. Shout out to Bill's fans. Also, by the way, 
Tredavious White goes down, torn ACL, and as they usually do, they have come out en masse to donate to his charity of choice, which I can't remember right now. I'm sorry for that. But incredible thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. That's just a cool thing that Buffalo does that I feel like no other fan base really does, and they should get some love for it. I think they really should. And my favorite part about this new sort of tradition is the origin of it. And I, there will absolutely be like a 30 for 30 on this someday because do you, do you recall the origin stats yourself? It was donating to Andy Dalton's charity after he defeated the Baltimore That's Ravens. right, to get him into the playoffs. Yeah, and so it w- that was this, this first thing, and then it just kind of turned into, you know, that I, there's that's there's another thing, another sector to this. Um, shout out to Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News. He, every year, tweets out the charities for notable fantasy players. You're, you know, your Josh Allens, your Tom Brady's, or, you know, Tom Brady's obviously very famous, but, you know, your Kyler Murray's, your DeAndre Hopkins's. And so always kind of encourages people, if you won your fantasy league, consider donating to the charity of of one of the players on your team that helped you. And so it's, it's a really nice thing that, that you know, kind of like we said at the top, happens around this time of year. So kudos to Bill's Mafia in that sense. Yes, it was the Food Bank of Northwest Louisiana that got over, I believe, $100,000 of donations, which is obviously awesome. Bill's Mafia, you are the best. Okay, RJ, we have come to that point. It is time for the Week 13 Lightning Round. The Lightning Round! We start in New Orleans where the Dallas Cowboys come to down. The Saints are getting five points. No Alvin Kamara, no Ryan Rantrek. Taysom Hill is going to be starting at quarterback. The Cowboys have to stop the bleeding, RJ. They need a win. For the first time ever, stats, Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, and Lyle Collins will all play a game together. This is only like the eighth game, actually, that just Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb will play together. They are getting right offensively. Demarcus Lawrence is back for the first time since the season opener. Um, No Mike McCarthy, so there's definitely some wonky things happening with the Cowboys. We hope he and his family are well. I will take Dallas. This is not a must win. Shout out to the New York Giants and Joe Judge for exposing the Eagles for the frauds they are. Um, (laughs) But um, I, I think it will be tense, but man, a win would feel really nice. And then a week and a half to kind of calm things down before they head to Washington next week. Everything is in the Cowboys' favor. They have absolutely no excuses, except I saw that Ben McAdoo is going to be part of the coaching staff in the absence of Mike McCarthy. Talk about big loser energy. I don't know. I think I'll take the Saints with the points in this one. You know what? He's returning to the coaching, you know, sphere so to speak so some people's stats are saying return of the mac oh, return of the mac oh my god <laughs> that went better than i thought it would <laughs> <laughs> let's quit while we're ahead tampa bay goes to atlanta the falcons are getting 11 points this should be easy for tom brady and company it should um falcons beat the jaguars but as we know anybody who's beat the jaguars this season is a loser team um i will take the buccaneers and feel very good about it as will I. Arizona goes to Chicago. The Bears are getting seven and a half points. Hello, Kyler Murray. Hello, DeAndre Hopkins. Cardinals just got to look to keep this thing rolling. I'm not trying to ride the fence here. I'm picking the Cardinals, but again, not to ride the fence. I would not be stunned if they lose this game. And it has nothing to do with who Chicago is, but like that's that's the football pendulum swing, right? Like you could see like they, they've won these games without these two players, right? And Colt McCoy, it's like, so they come back and it's like, now we lose. Are you kidding me? And you lose to the old, 
Chicago, Car- you know, Cardinals, the Chicago yep. Cardinals connection, whatever. You lose to Andy Dalton. Matt Nagy's all of a sudden feeling himself. Like you, you could see the the like the footballness really giving us a juicy story here. I'll take the Cardinals, but I just wanted to put that qualifier in there. Look, as a Niner fan, I would love to see it, but I don't think it's going to happen. Minnesota goes to the Motor City where the Lions are getting seven points. If the Vikings want to stay in this NFC playoff hunt, they got to get right. They can't mess around with the Lions. Oh, 16 and one is definitely on the table. Congratulations <laughs> to you and I stats. We are the only people who have believed in Kirk Cousins. I said this to you and BLG in our Slack chat. I think any other quarterback lining up under the right guard would have been no big deal. But but because he's Kirk Cousins, it's ah, so silly. Oh, my gosh. Doesn't even know where the center is. Like, just chill out. It was a hectic moment. It's not ideal. It happens. Kirk's going to have himself a nice day. Vikings win. I totally agree with you. Joe Judge and the Giants head to Miami. The Dolphins are giving four and a half points. If you're Tua, like you're still kind of auditioning for that job. You have to keep things rolling against the Giants team. The best thing that happened to them is that they're going to fire their GM after the year. It would be incredibly characteristic of the Giants to have this letdown of a performance and let Tua kind of show off and look great. And that's exactly what's going to happen. Great job last week, Giants, but this one's all Miami. Totally agree with you. The Philadelphia Eagles are in Jersey to take on the Jets. The Jets are getting seven. Jalen Hurts, maybe not throw three interceptions this week. Hey, Jalen Rager, maybe not be the worst wide receiver of all time. (laughs) Um, I mean, do you know that that was their first and second round picks last year? Jalen and Jalen. So um, shout out to uh, Howie Roseman. Love you, bro. Um, I'll take the Eagles, but man, I don't feel as comfortable as I should for a team playing the Jets. I completely agree with you. Indianapolis is in Houston where the Texans are getting 10 points. I know they played the Bucs tough last week, but it was really one good half against the Bucs. I think I'm going to take Houston in the points. I will take Indy. Uh, So that's our next level of disagreement here. I have not watched at the time of this recording this week's episode of Hard Knocks, and so maybe this is the effect of that. I'm starting to really like this team. You know, like I, I just... They're fun. The energy's great. You know, it's interesting. And so let's go. Let's just let's just keep the party going. Get get a wild card spot, Indy, where I'm down. They are interesting. I'll give you that. Uh, next up, Washington goes to Las Vegas. The Raiders are giving two and a half points. Do you kind of feel better about where Washington is as a team as opposed to the Raiders? Because I kind of do. In no way, shape, or form. No, I mean, no, no way. Um, I do think, though, that we could be seeing... Derek Carr playing against his future team in this mm. game. Um, and so, and, and that like that take is, is very obvious in the future, Derek Carr to the Washington football team, all of a sudden and under their rebrand, whatever it winds up being in the off season, all of a sudden there go to the playoffs. I thought it was an, a, a mildly impressive win for Washington on Monday night. Seattle is utter garbage. Congratulations to you stats. Um, but I mean, and I, I don't want to be the like, oh, Vegas beat the Cowboys. Now I think Vegas is a great team, you know, whatever. I think Vegas has had moments this year. Like we've seen that, right? We, we've seen flashes of a potential playoff caliber team. I think they're kind of like flirting with that. I'll take them, but I, I would not be stunned to see them kind of fold this week either. Yeah, I just I don't like the energy coming out of Vegas. It just seems like this season has gone completely wrong. They're going to need a new head coach after the year. Like you said, Carr could be out of there. I just. I don't like what's going on there. I think I do feel more comfortable with where Washington is headed. I will take them in this one. Plus, I get the points. So, yay me. Jacksonville is in Los Angeles to take on the Rams. Talk about a team that desperately needs a win, RJ. If they can't look good against the Jags this week, 
the panic meter is going to go through the roof for Sean McVay's bunch. I saw something on Rams Reddit. Uh, I believe it was the Rams Wire that wrote about this stats. And and maybe you're hip to this as somebody who, who covers that division, you know, very closely. Sean McVay's offenses generally dip after week nine or so historically. And we're starting to see that. And all the takes about Matthew Stafford are like, well, look. Think about who he was in Detroit. You know, like, man, like people go, people are so dramatic. Like before the season was like, Stafford's winning MVP. He's <laughs> going to be able to flawlessly execute Sean McVay's offense. Sean McVay is a, such a coward. I, I cannot, like, of all the, like, disproportionate things in the NFL, the level of responsibility that he's held to is the most disproportionate because they, and I know you've talked about this and everything, but they ran the ball and I can't believe neither you nor BLG handed him an LVP point on the oddcast ran the ball on third and one down two possessions inside of a minute with no timeouts left against the green Bay Packers. They are the true frauds. We throw that word around a lot, but people have crowned them and they deserve none of it frauds. Although they beat the Jaguars. The win on their season that's really good is against Tampa Bay. But other than that, none of their wins are impressive. They lost to the Titans. They lost to the Niners. They lost to the Packers. They desperately need a win. If the Niners win this week and the Rams lose, guess what? Oh, dude. Yeah, the fifth seed is looking pretty sketchy. Yeah, I honestly think that Minnesota's in contention for that. I know that they've lost to the Niners now, but like that, it's it's not this like, you know, for the first two months of the season, it was like, well, the Rams or Cardinals are yep. the one seed and the five seed. And that is, I mean, frauds, 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 frauds. And hey, think- lo and behold, Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. don't just like instantly make you winners. Do they cover the 12 and a half points against Jacksonville? No, and I think you agree. I do agree. All right. Last game. San Francisco is in Seattle. I can't believe I'm saying this. The Seahawks are getting three and a half points at home against the 49ers. There are a lot of 49er fans, RJ, that are feeling themselves, feeling great. Think that the Niners are going to go up there and hand it to the Seahawks. I am not one of those people. I am very nervous going into this game. I don't care how bad Seattle has looked lately. Russell Wilson is 16 and four against the 49ers in his career. And he has whooped some really good 49ers teams in Seattle in the past. I don't feel great about this at all. I'll take Seattle in the points. I think the 49ers can still win even down Debo Samuel and Fred Warner, but I do not feel comfortable one bit. Um, so to answer this question or, you know, answer this prompting, I'm going to, like, I always do make it about the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so a stat that I have tweeted out several times over the the year stats, um, and I'm sure you'll roll your eyes at it is that Tony Romo throughout his career, never played in a meaningless game. Um, meaning that, you know, and I know, obviously, well, I know that obviously the Cowboys lost some week 17 games, but every game he ever played held some level of consequence regarding the playoffs. He never played a game where the Dallas Cowboys were mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. And I, I am not using that as like, this is why Tony Roma belongs in the Hall of Fame. I don't think he's a Hall of Fame or anything like that. I just think that's really cool and really impressive and, and speaks to how, you know, he kind of... The, for lack of a better you know, term, that this is a cliche. The Cowboys always had a chance with him under center. And so I think it says something when you have a quarterback and you just have this stinker of a season. And I know that Russell Wilson has missed time this year, but 
I mean, they suck and they suck <laughs> with him at quarterback. You know what I mean? Like the years, the Cowboys that, that Tony Romo played for them, the years that they were bad, it was because he had a season ending injury or he missed double digit games or something like that. And so there's no excuse for Seattle. And now there's all this like inward finger pointing Pete and Russ. I'm like, dude, and I totally get what you're saying. I know the weird relationship within the NFC West, how the Seahawks own the Niners. I know you're scarred. I know you're emotionally not in a place where you can trust the Niners against Seattle. I'm not trying to convince you otherwise because you've obviously lived it and lived the pain of that more than I have. I will take the Niners because this this Seahawks team, dude, they lost to Washington. I mean, the, the, the two-point conversion attempt from Russell Wilson was so bad. And I cannot wait. I love Russell Wilson. S- since he was drafted, he's been my favorite non-Cowboy in the NFL. But we have to admit that he is not that good right now. Like, the Seahawks are terrible as a team, but he is also terrible right now. And somebody is going to pay multiple first-round picks for him in the offseason and then not get, you know, Mr. Unlimited that he was circa 2014 through 2019. He just hasn't been that guy in a long time at this point. And that's okay. Like, you know, it was, you know, it's, it was a great run. It was a great ride, but it's over for the Seahawks. And it's starting to look like it's over for Russell individually. I will take the Niners and I will give the points. I do love the idea that after all the whooping Seattle has given the 49ers, that the Niners could be the ones that go to Seattle and drive a stake, not only in the Seahawks season, but also in the Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll era would be incredible. Let me ask you this really quickly before we go. Niners, if they were to get the win in this one, that would push their record to seven and five. Do you start to believe in San Francisco a little bit? What What's your opinion of the Niners if they win this game? I say this with love and admiration for you um, and none of it for Kyle Shanahan. There is a clear and obvious ceiling on this team. And it is how far Debo Samuel can take them. That's it. You know, like like Jimmy Garoppolo can do nothing. You know what I mean? He, he can offer nothing. And, you know, it's impressive that, you know, Kyle Shanahan is managing to hide him the ways that he is. Um, but but I think when you're when you're limited by that, like, you know, to a certain degree, that's who the Rams are, right? Like you're you're trapped unless you can have unless you have the quarterback that can make the elite throws in the elite moments in the elite games. I just I don't think you can really contend. Maybe they can, you know, win a playoff game depending on who they draw. I think they could beat the Rams. I think they could beat, you know, the Cardinals well, definitely maybe. beat the Rams, right? I, I think they could beat the Cardinals maybe, but like, I don't know that I would trust them against uh, a, an Aaron Rodgers or a Dak Prescott. I know Dak's been down lately, but you know what I mean? So I think there's a clear ceiling, but you know, they've, they've found ways to work around that as of late. Um, it's certainly been impressive that they have that, you know, they were, they were painted in a corner and they, they said no more and they have fought back. These have been some not tomato cans, but they've been some impressive ones. I love the win over the Vikings and, and this would go a long way. I really do think that. And it's nice to see George Kittle back, even though you hate him. Um, I love George Kittle. So, um, the vibes are good for the 49ers. Can't believe you ever doubted. <laughs> Trust me, there was a point this year where I didn't know if they would win another game. That's how hideous they were playing. All right, that's going to do it for the week 13 edition of The Look Ahead. We remind you again, as always, please rate, review, follow the SB Nation NFL show. If you like the show, you're already following us. That's awesome. But if you haven't taken the time to leave a review, please do. It is the best thing that you can do to support us. Please keep your Spotify uh podcast standings coming we love seeing those we greatly greatly appreciate them rj congratulations again go roel Ochoa the third 
We love him already. And uh, just enjoy it, man. It is an awesome time in your life right now. And and I hope you just squeeze all the juice from that orange. Appreciate it, Stats. You're the man. Uh, thanks again for filling out on Monday, Football Monday. We um, we have the best team ever here at the Espination NFL Show. And just so anyone is curious, uh, Stats and I do have five different disagreements on the line this week. Uh, so we'll keep tabs of that throughout the month of December. Uh, you know, he and I will get together offline. Stats and I have a lot of offline conversations. Maybe we'll do some sort of happy hour, Stats, who knows, and, uh, and work out the fine details on what we're going to do here. If you have a charity that you would recommend that we should donate to for this competition, please, please let us know at RJ Cho on Twitter, at Stats on Fire on Twitter, or you can leave it in your review. We're definitely open to that, so let us know. Enjoy week 13, everybody. We'll talk to you next Thursday.